Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning uh, Pacific time. Adjust it for your time zone. And I want to put a shout out there to both Brian Curry and Frank Lomas for both keeping me, keeping us, all of us, recorded and posting the recordings for us. I don't know what we would do without these two technical geniuses, but there you have it. Also very grateful to have Victoria doing meditations on Friday, which is absolutely wonderful because it gets our weekends off to a great start. This is Susie Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, but a huge interest in both the health, nutrition, and exercise components of the TR90 program, which I really, really love. And... With that being said, if you ever miss any of these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and you'll find that these calls are archived back nine-plus years. Um, The first many years, all we've put has been the date and the host's name, but... um, more recently, we've been adding also what the topic of the call is. So if you are looking for a particular topic, then you can pull that up um, specifically. So with that being said, the TR90 program is that one really good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, getting in at least 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a larger person, um, You'll either need to increase the number of grams per meal or you'll need to possibly add a fourth meal with 30 grams of protein in it just because um, it will help it work more effectively. Taking those supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. And the reason for that is that gives them a chance to be in your system and ready to latch onto the food as it comes through. If you're not able to do it 15 to 20 minutes before, take them with your meals. They'll still work. It's it's just not quite as effective as it would have been if it had been 15 to 20 minutes before. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That gives you some macronutrients, some micronutrients, as well as fiber. And as we all know, fiber does keep things moving through your system and It helps prevent a lot of um, problems. So fiber is good. And the closer you can get to the source of the fruits and vegetables in their natural state, the better off you are. Staying hydrated. Hydration is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh as a minimum. So if you weigh, for instance, 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. Um, That water actually helps clear out toxins. It does a multitude of other things, which is really important. Um, If you think you're hungry, a lot of times if I think I'm hungry, I will drink a glass of water, eight-ounce glass of water, and wait a few minutes to see if I'm still really hungry or if it was the dehydration starting to set in. So 
you will possibly need to increase it if you're in a very humid area or if you are working out really super hard, then you will definitely need to increase it in order to stay hydrated and not to lose too much, um, too many of your bodily fluids. Seven to nine hours of rest daily is also another key component to this. Your body does a whole bunch of system resets during the night as well as clearing out toxins and other things. So making sure to get good, adequate sleep is really important. You can either track that um, manually or with a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or one of the other uh, fitness devices that actually or apps that track sleep. Um, it's just one of those things that's really super good. Getting at least 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week is also another component of this lifestyle and lifestyle change. Um, that exercise, I try to mix it up between the weight-bearing and the aerobic just because that helps keep a balance going forward. But most people, as they get older, will definitely need the strength and weight-bearing um, exercises because you need it for balance. You need it for several other things. And with that being said, I found some information in a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And I finished sharing with you why the food industry has been tricking us into high fructose corn syrup, sucrose, and glucose, and all of those fun things. And we're going to take, uh, take a look at what we can do to actually find our own personal solution to some of this. So I'm going to read a vignette first and then um, share why it was chosen. So John was born at a normal weight with a voracious appetite and became massively obese by the age of one. By 15, he was up to 340 pounds. So at age 15, he was 340 pounds. His parents sent him to the Academy of the Sierras, which was known as a fat school for a year where his food was restricted and his weight dropped by 100 pounds. Within three months of returning home, he gained 140 pounds. Then he came to see uh, Robert Lustig. Genetic testing showed that he had two mutants in the gene coding for protein that mediate the satiety signal in the hypothalamus. In other words, his hunger ap- hunger appetite, and obesity were due to a genetic defect. Nonetheless, when his environment was controlled, he could even, he, even he could lose weight. So as this clinical vignette shows us, controlling behavior doesn't work because behavior is really just the output of our biochemistry. Controlling behavior is unsustainable. If your brain can't receive the leptin signal, It thinks it's being starved and it initiates behaviors to regain the weight. But even John, a patient with a genetic defect, can lose weight when his environment is controlled and his access to food is regulated. Although there are are rare exceptions, as with brain tumor children, 
problem is how to control our environment adequately when there is such free access to high sugar, low fiber food to help us with our weight. Parents can do so. They must take their make their homes safe for their children. Our culture needs to adopt the precept of making a home as safe for a toddler includes both child safety locks and wholesome food environment. But once a child enters puberty, a state of insulin resistance, independence, allowance, and peer pressure, with all of those things, ah, the game is over. That's why virtually all anti-obesity interventions work better in younger children. Our environment environment is toxic because it is insulogenic and in turn obesogenic. For the vast majority of obese people, in order to reverse the process, the goal is to get the insulin down. That starts with what you eat, and it means altering your point of contact, your relationship with your supermarket, grocery store, and restaurants. The public is preoccupied and yet completely flummoxed by how the low-fat versus low-carb diet controversy They couldn't be further apart on both the evolutionary scene and and in the supermarket where the meat and produce aisles are located at opposite sides of the store. The proponents of each of these diets aggressively dispute the others. Today, there are more authors in this arena than any other aspect of health. Scientists trash-talk their opponents as if bringing the other side down will elevate one's cause. Medical societies have taken sides. Their venom has created a noxious atmosphere. And the fallout from this food fight, in quotations, has confused the issue and given the entire discipline of nutrition a bad name. Most people put themselves on a diet in an attempt to lose weight ostensibly by controlling their food environment. But what does this mean? Why do these diets work for some and not for others? That's the most, and what's the most rational diet for you? Do any of them perform as advertised? There are more fad diets than there are cold remedies. Furthermore, when a diet doesn't work, the assumption is that you aren't compliant with it, but compliance is a measure of change of behavior. Sustainable behavior change means changing the environment. To pry behavior and and environment apart, first let's start with the basic precepts of what makes a good diet. As an example, let's examine a failed diet and determine why it failed. Ah, low-fat diet. As discussed in previous chapters, the low-fat diet is what got us into this mess. It started out as a prescription to prevent heart disease, not obesity. The link between the dietary fat and heart disease is based on findings regarding a genetic disease called familial hypercholesterolemia, or FM, which which affects 1% of the population. In the 1980s, the low-fat diet became the diet recommended by every health organization in America. The 
AHA, both ADAs, the American Diabetes and the American Dietetic Associations, the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, and so on, to control obesity as well as prevent heart disease. Their mantra was eating less fat would reduce the total number of calories and contribute to weight loss because a calorie is a calorie, except it's not. So what happened to the other 99% of the population and what does low-fat does the low-fat diet work for them? As the Occupy Wall Street movement says, the other 99% got screwed. Not only does it not work in the way it was routinely employed, but it is likely detrimental for three different reasons. First, low-fat diet tastes like cardboard. The flavor is in the fat, so you up the carbs to compensate, increasing your insulin and your weight. Second, as discussed, there are two LDLs, large buoyant type, type A, and LD, buoyant and the large buoyant LDL, which accounts for about 80% of the circulating LDL, is increased by saturated fat, but the large buoyant LDL has a natural impact and by itself poses little risk for heart disease. Conversely, the small, dense type B LDL, which accounts for the other 20%, is driven by dietary carbohydrates. It is the type B that contributes to heart disease. Third, if the dietary fats were merely sources of energy, then we wouldn't have a class of essential fatty acids that we normally cannot live without. We need to eat certain dietary fats for our nervous system, and immune systems, cell membranes, and to make certain hormones. If you have a choice, you can eat good fats in your diet or you can make bad ones in your liver. Wouldn't you rather opt for the good ones? The reason the low-fat diet is a dismal failure is explained by the science, is explained by science, and it's not the fat... It's, it's not the fat, it's not the carbohydrate, it's the fat and the carbohydrate together that cause metabolic problems. Sugar provides just that, and the low-fat fat is rife with it. The lack of fiber in the processed low-fat diet means that the rate of flux of both fat and carbohydrates to the liver is heightened, putting your poor liver under even more stress, the epitome of failure. As you will see, all successful diets have three, share three precepts, low sugar, high fiber, which means high micronutrients, and fat and carbohydrate consumed together in the presence of an offsetting amount of fiber. Anything after that is what they call window dressing. And so I think we're probably at the end of our time for today, so I'm going to stop there and... Um, we may have Frank tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, he was feeling a little bit under the weather yesterday and wanted to make sure he was in good shape. So he's hoping to be with us tomorrow to share. And we have Victoria on Friday. That being said, this is Susan Mann for January 5th, 2021, signing out. And if you have any questions or comments, you can share them after I unmute us. 
At the top of the hour, if you skip over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing how to build that new skin business if you have any desire for that. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day. Oh, I will. I get to be the librarian all day again today. This will be fun. Okay. <laughs> like to keep Enjoy, the my head. <laughs> Enjoy the kiddos. Enjoy the kiddos. Oh, I certainly will. All right, dear. And Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.